0: And welcome back to Mark My Words football podcast with Rob and Scott. And this week we're going to be recapping the week before and predicting the week ahead as we usually do. And this was the trade deadline week happening on November 1st, which I was unaware of. As a Packer fan, it's just not something I really ever think about. But it took me by surprise and it was very interesting to see some wild things happening this week.
1: So let's get right into it here with our two teams playing this week, the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night
0: Football. Yes, premier matchup, and the Packers haven't won in Buffalo, I think, ever, which I was surprised to see, so...
1: Yes, not ever. So let's get into this one here. The Bills defeated the Packers by a score of 27-17, to 17, but... Even though the Packers have lost yet again and fallen to 3-5, and five, I think we can both agree that we've seen a lot of things that we liked out of the Packers, and they did a lot more of things that we were calling for the week before.
0: Yes. I think they should have done this to begin the year. But, uh, yeah, they ran the ball consistently throughout the game, giving Aaron Jones 20 carries. They gave a- A.J. Dillon 10 carries. And then during the game later, uh, in, like, the third and fourth quarter, the passing game really opened up a little bit, and you saw Romeo Dobbs making great catches, and just overall looked like a, a better team performance for the Packers. But, uh, of course, they could not bring down the Bills, who, despite uh, having a couple of turnovers, just pretty much dominated the entire game. And it really never felt like uh, the Packers were in it, so to speak. But I definitely think an encouraging performance from Green Bay as a Packer fan.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the, the Bills seem to maybe let the foot off their gas a little bit. Not that they really needed to push very hard. They had quite a definitive lead by halftime and were up by a lot. I mean, still ended up winning the game by double digits.
0: Yes, did not cover, though, interestingly. Yeah. D-
1: despite only scoring three points in the second half, you still yeah. win
0: the game by double digits. That was a proud moment for me as because the second half has been collapsed city for Green Bay. It's usually, like, they go decent in the first half, and the second half is when they proceed to make no adjustments and just collapse. But seeing the defense kind of hold their ground and take some pride was uh, encouraging and in this game interestingly chippy for two teams that only see each other once every four years you saw a lot of jawing back and forth especially between Jair Alexander and everyone else on the team
1: okay absolutely I did notice a ton of that myself yes I mean that's Jair's specialty and really for another point to add to this is with two very elite quarterbacks really not a ton of passing yards between the two of them both teams playing the run game yeah, very interesting. Both run games, having very good stats after that one. I mean, the Bills did what they had to do to win the game. I mean, you'd like, not like to see those two picks from Allen. Yeah. But not something he does really a ton of this year, it seems like. So,
0: I mean, that's fine uh, from what I can tell. And to be fair, I still think the Packers have a really good secondary. So, it's not like this was... And they weren't like awful throws, but... I mean, it happens, not too big of a deal. And uh, from Buffalo, I do want to make the point a a little bit more about the running game. I said a couple weeks ago that that was, like, the one thing that they could be a little bit better at. And not even that they could be better, it's just I want them to do it a little bit more. And they came out of the gate, and they were running Singletary, who looked great. And to further emphasize that, they went out and got another running back, Naeem Hines, which I thought was a really good pickup. So I think Buffalo really is uh, trying to—they see that one— not an issue they have, but I think that one area they could be a little better, and they they improved it. So kudos to them. And I think uh, as a Bills fan, what do you, I think you probably have to like that 99s trade.
1: Oh, absolutely I do. Uh,
0: much more dynamic running back
1: in place of Zach Moss. I mean, I've been quite a thing at Buffalo where fans have not liked him, and I've definitely been on board for that for quite some time. Yeah. Because you just slam him in the back of the line, then he just falls down every single run for about two yards.
0: <laughs> so very excited to get a more dynamic back at 9 Hines. Yes. Very, uh, very good athlete in Hines. He's still young, younger than I thought he was, and he's a dynamic player that you can use anywhere in the offense and on special teams. Sure. And uh, Green Bay, on the other side of it, staying uh, usual, uh, not really doing much. Uh, at the trade line they were involved in some things with dj moore but you know not much there i mean this is what we kind of hear every year from the packers they just they're kind of involved in stuff but they never really make a huge offer it said they made an offer for claypool second round pick but uh it said that clay the steelers chose the bears to trade with because they thought bears would have a higher draft pick so whatever like i didn't even want claypool that much but is what it is. We'll just have to see how it goes. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely definitely feeling a little bit better today about the Packers than I was this time last week, so that is a positive in my book. And getting into the trades a little bit more, uh, we want to talk about some of these trades and give us, we're going to give you some of our our grades for these. So, there's a couple, a lot of small ones that happen, but the big ones everyone's paying attention to is we have the Falcons trading Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars for uh, a lot of conditional picks. So it could be a fifth round pick based on reinstatement into the league, a fourth round pick uh, based on making the team. So those are probably going to be obviously in effect. And then playing, playing time is uh, you know a certain marker for that. You get a third round pick. And if they sign him to an extension, it's a second. So it's potentially a second, third, fourth, and fifth for Calvin Ridley. So what do you think about this trade here after seeing this one initially?
1: Definitely the most surprising trade of the day by far from a player that's not even playing. Yeah. But I actually do quite like this trade for both teams. I mean, Jacksonville getting a player that's going to come in next year, and you'll see what you can get from him, but was one of the NFL's top receivers prior to this season. And I think Atlanta probably doing well by getting him off of their team and the kind of vibes he has brought with him throughout this whole process. So I'd give it a B for both teams. B
0: for both teams, that's fair. And uh, I also saw that this was uh, actually the team he bet uh, the Falcons were going to beat was the Jaguars. Yes, it was. And so I found that pretty hilarious. But, yeah, like you said, uh, people kind of forget, because he, he hasn't played in a while, that he's a pretty explosive receiver and was a good weapon for Matt Ryan there. So I think seeing him with Trevor Lawrence is going to be really fun, and he's still a really young receiver. So I think this is an A, a solid A for both teams. Falcons rebuilding, Jaguars rebuilding, but they're a little bit ahead. And I think next year, um, Jacksonville is gonna try to aim to be a contender. So I really like this trade for both teams. Yes. And then we have the Denver Broncos trading with the Miami Dolphins. They give the Dolphins Bradley Chubb and a fifth round pick in 2025. And Miami deals back Chase Edmonds and a fourth round pick for the 2024 and a first round pick that they got from San Francisco in this year's draft. So what are your what are some insights on this one? Pretty big trade. Yes. I mean, child definitely
1: a big acquisition for Miami. He's a very good player, as we all know, but that was quite a steep price to pay for him. Yes. And when you've already do have a pretty dynamic edge rusher in Jalen Phillips, like I'm not sure what you want to do with that, and especially if you do not see an extension in quick time for Miami, I don't know that I love this for them giving up a first-round pick. Yeah. So for now, I am going to give this a C trade for Miami and a B for Denver.
0: That's pretty fair analysis, and I would tend to agree that they probably overpaid a little bit. But I mean, that's kind of what teams are doing. Like for now, there's just been this fascination with um, pass rushers lately in the NFL. It's like the the new thing, uh, the new formula. You want to have like two good edge guys on the on the outsides. So I guess Miami's just the next team that's following suit with that um, narrative. But giving up a first-round pick, that's a quality pick. Fourth-round pick, who cares? But Chase Edmonds, um, I mean, th- that looked bad, but then they got Jeff Wilson. So I'm going to say this is, I'm going to say it's a B for now for Miami. And uh, for the for the Broncos, I guess they're, they're kind of, I don't know what the deal with the Broncos is. Are they trying to rebuild on the fly here? Either way, uh, I'll give this a solid B for both teams. Although, it, you know, we'll see but how good Chubb ends up doing. But yeah, a first first round pick seems a little bit high for for the player. And then we have uh, another trade, which was pretty surprising to me, and the Chicago Bears acquiring Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers for a second round pick. So the Steelers announced their price for Claypool, second round pick, and the Bears were the team to get.
1: Me, personally, I did not like this trade for the Bears at all. I don't believe Claypool is that great a receiver, and I think a second-round pick was much too high to pay
0: for him. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with that. Um, uh, The fact that a lot of people in Pittsburgh just wanted him out should tell you something. Like, every Steelers fan I see doing a podcast or on YouTube, none of them seem to have a high opinion of Claypool.
1: Yeah, so really I'm going to give a, a D to the Bears for acquiring him. And I will give an A to the Steelers for getting a second round pick for yeah. that player.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty in line with that. Um, yeah, I will give the Bears uh, an F on this one. And I'm going to give the Steelers a a B, a solid B uh, on this one. But because the Bears, this is just like weird. Like they're they're trying to rebuild. They're trading away all the good players. And then just randomly they go out and get chase claypool like that just seems weird to me i guess they just want to try and try and surround fields with something so they can get an evaluation and like is he the guy but claypool is not the person that we'd want to be doing that with so yeah i agree not a very good trade on their part and maybe oh this is the trade that upset me the most because it's collusion damn it (laughs) these two teams teaming up at the draft and now teaming up again it's the lions trading tj hawkinson um, to the Vikings with a fourth-round pick in next year's draft and a conditional fourth-round pick. And the Vikings trading a second-round pick in this year's draft and a third-round pick uh, in the next year's draft. So this one I actually do quite like for the Vikings. As a team that's 6-1 and
1: one and leading their division, I mean, I think it's good for them to get another weapon to their offense. And Hawkinson has been a very good tight end in his career and gets a lot of receptions, gets a lot of yards, and right now, was on a career high for yards per reception. And as for Detroit, it doesn't appear they're going anywhere quick this year. So, stockpiling a couple of picks probably wouldn't hurt them. So, I'll give it a B for both teams.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much how I feel about this as well. Um, TJ Hawkinson, he's going to want to get paid next year. Probably a lot of money. You know, the fifth year option is available. But yeah, so Detroit, obviously, they're not going anywhere. Kind of been disappointing. But they get a decent return, second and third round pick for a tight end. That's not bad. And the Vikings, as you said, they've been really good this year. They've been explosive. And just adding another weapon there and an established tight end, I think it's the perfect combination. So I will give uh, both teams a B for this one as well. And, uh, yeah, the, the Vikings-Lions, though, that's just yeah, that's that's not fair, man. <laughs> Why not us, Lions? Why not us, okay? But... Yeah, unfortunate to see that trade there.
1: <laughs> so, after all that, I believe it's time to get
0: into our week nine predictions. Yes, and we have uh, started to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, I feel like we, we keep getting better. Um, I did go 11 and 4 last week. And I believe, what did you go last year? I was 9-6. and 9-6. and six. So we're on the winning column again, okay?
1: Uh, you're still doing much better than I at 68 and 54, while I sit at 59 and 63, still trying to get to 500.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it might be time to start picking some underdogs. Might be. I mean, that's probably been the thing we should have both been doing already, because underdogs seem to be not really underdogs this year. Yeah, Definitely. Always some chaotic picks. Oh, last week was pretty tame as we were looking through the games and the final scores. Last week seemed to be pretty tame.
1: Yeah, compared to many of the weeks this year, really not a lot of craziness. We've opened up this podcast many times saying about
0: how crazy this week has been. Yes.
1: This year, not as much, other than for trade's sake.
0: Yeah, this week, rather. But, uh, yeah. And uh, in correspondence with the theme of this year, we have an absolute crappy, crappy, crappy crappy Thursday night football game and I mean crappy. It's the Eagles versus the Texans and did I mention that this game is crappy?
1: (laughs) Again, for Philadelphia, should be an absolute demolition of a poorly houston Texans team.
0: Yeah, and just absolute beatdown and I don't know if they're going to be playing their recently acquired uh, acquisitions but either way, this is going to be an absolute blowout. Bet on the Eagles for this game. And moving on to the Sunday games, uh, this one is a lot, should be a lot more entertaining because I have no idea what these two teams are. It's the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Atlanta Falcons. In this one, I have the LA Chargers coming out on top. As do I. But I will have a caveat with this, and I will have a Mark My Words, first one in a long time. Oh, here we go. So Atlanta Falcons, I was not high on to begin the year, and... They have shown me that they can be a really explosive team on offense. If they clean some things up on the defense, I think they're more than good enough to be in the playoffs in the NFC. The division's weak. Tom Brady and the Bucks are not looking good. So mark my words, the Atlanta Falcons will win the NFC South. Very interesting. Mark it right now. I'm uh, marking it down. And that actually
1: duels the mark my words from last week. <laughs> really? Where I guarantee the Bucks to not only win their vi- their division, but be considered elite by the end of the year. Oh, okay. So this will be a very interesting one to keep tabs on as the season progresses.
0: Yes, yes. Feeling bold. Now that being said, I do pick the Chargers in this game. But I think once the Falcons get Cordell Patterson back, they're gonna hit the ground running. And now we got the Miami Dolphins versus the Chicago Bears. And Miami Dolphins uh, five and three, looking better with Tua in there, and the Bears trading away all the good players. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins in this game. That was going to be a logical pick, because I picked Miami too. Yes, and not really trusting the Bears. all they did, their offense is looking a lot better than it has been to begin the year. Certainly sure. has, but they're still the Bears. Yes. They still have
1: next to nothing on offense. So Miami, and of course Miami with uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Kill. Should have no issue here versus yeah. the Chicago
0: Bears. Yeah, I agree. And we have the Carolina Panthers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals losing to the Browns on Halloween night, as I predicted, I will say. And uh, I'm going to pick the Bengals to have a get-right game versus the Panthers.
1: As will I. I think Cincinnati yeah. can get back on track and be consider- considered one of the best teams in the AFC once again. But it's definitely going to take one versus Carolina here to do that and see if they can get their high-flying offense back on track.
0: Yes, and Carolina has been a feisty team um, ever since they fired their head coach. They gave Atlanta a run for the runny last week. Maybe should have won that game, but some stupid penalty caused the extra point to be missed and then a field goal was missed in overtime. But, yeah, I think they give uh, teams a good fight, but I think the Bengals are a much better team. And then you got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions in Detroit. And for this game, I do have the Packers. As do I. Although I'm not I'm never confident in the Packers winning it this year, but
1: and after some of the recent games, you shouldn't be confident about them beating almost anybody. Yeah. But I think they can handle Detroit, who has not
0: been good this year. Yes, especially on the defensive side. Like I'll feel a lot better about the Packers if they can put 30 plus points up on Detroit I'll feel a lot better about their season going forward Absolutely Because I don't think they've even broken 30 points this year I'll have to go back and check that but I'm pretty sure they have not break, uh, Broke the 30 point mark this year And <laughs> it, it doesn't look like they will But if they're going to do it against any team It will be the Lions And then we got the uh, We got the Indianapolis Colts With Sam Ellinger at the helm Based in the New England Patriots so the Colts lost by one point to the Commanders last week. Do they get back on track in this game?
1: I have the New England Patriots winning in on this one. As do I. And I'm sure as we can both we'll attest to, Bill Belichick will have his best game plans marked up here for a rookie quarterback in Sam Ellinger and really give him the what for here and send the house at him.
0: Yeah. Yep. I agree. And they have they have no passing threat. Um, So what teams have been doing all year against the Colts, load the box, stop the run game. Colts can't really do anything in the passing game. And, yeah, it should be a a cruise to victory for the Patriots. And then you got the divisional matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. Uh, It's in New York. Jets have impressed uh, more uh, people this year than I think anyone has thought. But I am picking the Buffalo Bills to wrap the Jets in this game. As mine. Yeah, should be should be a blowout, signature style, Buffalo style.
1: It's yeah, almost funny to look at the spreads of these games, despite how close their records indicate. Yeah. But that is why they do exist. Yes. As Buffalo is a much better team than the New York Jets.
0: Yeah, it seems like Buffalo is just favored, monster favorites in a lot of the games they have played this year. And it appears that
1: they will be double-digit favorites. In every game the rest of the year, or almost every single one. Really? Yes. Even against Cincinnati? Going onward, they are 10-point favorites in every game except for one.
0: That's got to be Cincy, right? New England. New England. They're like 10-point favorites over Cincy? mm mm-hmm. uh, That might change by coming to the end time, but... Wow, that's... I mean, they've earned it. They've definitely earned it. I, I will give them that. But, yeah. I mean, they, they just... They blow you. Out. They can blow out any team. I don't really trust any team besides the Chiefs to to uh, give them a good game. I guess yeah. So I guess I, that's not even too crazy <laughs> to be quite honest with you.
1: But yeah. sorry, I did that wrong. They are
0: seven for Cincinnati as well. Seven, or two. Okay. okay, that makes a little more sense. I could see them blowing out the Patriots though. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they blew out New England. Oh, absolutely. What was, what was the score in the playoff game last year? Just absolutely insane scores. Yeah, they scored on every drive. So, yes, Buffalo definitely looking like the best team in the league so far. And then you got an interesting matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Commanders. So I think, what, Taylor Heineke is probably going to be the dude going forward for this year. It appears so, and probably a good
1: thing for the Washington Commanders. Yeah. That being said, I will pick the Minnesota Vikings to come on top on this one.
0: I will as well, but now the Commanders aren't a team that I just want to turn the TV off on. And uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke is becoming quite obvious that he's a lot better than Wentz. Uh, I could have told you that before the year started and before they signed Wentz, but I guess it took them a little bit of time to see that. Uh, Vikings, I don't think they're as good as their record indicates, but I do think they pick up a win here. And then we got the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars, despite being 2-6, and six, actually have a plus 14-point differential this year, which is pretty surprising to me. Despite that, I am going to pick the Las Vegas Raiders just because I still, I still have some faith in the Raiders, guys. And for some reason, as do I,
1: so I will also pick the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't
0: know why I have faith in them. They have disappointed in every way this year, but I just... I can't quite let it go. Looking at that
1: offense, it still seems like they should be able to get it done with Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and, of course, Devontae Adams.
0: Yes, and Devontae Adams won catch for three yards last year, or last week, and Derek Carr only 100 yards passing. Just ridiculous. That's just unacceptable. But, I mean, hopefully they can have a good game against uh, a Jacksonville defense that hasn't been all that great this year. And then you got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. So Seattle beating the Giants. Surprise to a lot of people, including myself. They're going into the Cardinals. Or into Arizona to face the Cardinals. Who do you got for this game?
1: I have the Arizona Cardinals. I do as well. So, I got a little something here. A little mark my words for my own this week. Alright. Pay attention guys, we're marking this. Mark my words. The Seattle Seahawks will not make the playoffs this year. Oh, Oh, burn! <laughs> yes, yeah, I believe the Seahawks will not make the playoffs this year. Mm,
0: that's that's pretty contrasting. Doing my... Uh, I just kind of went through the schedule. I actually had them competing for the division and uh, having the same record as 49ers. But... Well,
1: I believe the 49ers are a better team than them. Definitely. So when I'm going over the NFC, you've got your division. So I don't believe they'll win their division. And then going into your wild card spots right now, you've got the Giants who already have a game in hand on them. You've got Dallas, who has the game in hand on them. And I think you've got teams like Tampa Bay and teams like the Rams and teams like Green Bay, who have been poorly to start of the year but could definitely turn it around. And I think by the end of the year, I mean, even Atlanta in there too, that by the end of the year, Seattle will be on the outside looking in.
0: Wow, okay, Both. We're marking it down though. Bold uh, on both of our ends, I think, for uh, Mark My Words. Um, but I, yeah, I think Seattle has has um, proven to me at least that they're they're a pretty decent team. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat. The, I think the Bucks are sunk. To be honest with you, I think the Bucks are done. I think they're gonna probably next week go into Tampa Bay and beat them. But that's just my opinion, and we'll see who who ends up um, being right on this one. But we do have the Cardinals winning. Yes, and then we got two teams. This is a this is probably the most interesting matchup of the week. The Los Angeles Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two great teams last year getting off to a really slow start. Who do you have winning this battle?
1: I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I have the Los Angeles Rams. But as you said, a game I will be very, very to watch and see what plays out. They've had many struggles to start this year as two teams who were considered favorites and even juggernauts in the NFC coming into the year. And really, haven't been able to do much of anything to this point at three and four and three and five, respectively.
0: Yes, both have been very, very disappointing to start this. So and yeah, I, I just think the Rams have a little bit—they got a little bit more together. Their offense is looking a little bit better, but I could be wrong. I don't trust either of these teams. And then you got the the Tennessee Titans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This is um, a battle between two of the best teams in the AFC. It's a battle of the gods. Who are you picking for this game? Obviously, I'll be picking the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, uh, even though they're facing one of the best teams in the league.
1: (laughs) Yes, one of the best teams. Same record. They have. I have no clue how. Yep. Tennessee. I don't feel like is a very good team at all. I mean, they have a points differential of minus six.
0: Minus six for five and two. And yet a five and two. How is that even
1: possible to be five and two with a points differential of minus six? How is that
0: possible? Wait, what what is
1: their score? Low? Oh well, I me mean, getting blown out by the Buffalo, by Buffalo was,
0: certainly does it. <laughs> yeah, that that's what does it because they won every game. They won. They won by like seven or like less. Yeah, that that was the game that did it, I guess. What I mean,
1: with Tannehill at the helm, and I mean Robert Woods, but not really a ton. at receiver just running Derrick Henry thirty times a game. Yeah, not a good
0: team. No, I say not a good team. But we'll win that division either way because it's garbage. That's all they've gotten in the last couple of years, winning a trash division.
1: Yeah. That was a, as a horrible one seed last year. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked their team last year. I'm not going to lie. I liked the team. But the A.J. Brown there. They were not the best. They were not the one seed, though. They were they, or they should not have been the one seed. Yeah, I agree with that. Based on how good
0: they were. I agree with that.
1: And got beaten by the Bengals, as, as I predicted.
0: They should have... They should have won that Bengals game, though. They should not have. They should have. No. Yes. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill had three horrible interceptions that game. I, I'm not going to into that, but <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that they could have easily won that game. Could they have? Sure. Yes. Well, we'll we'll get into that at a later time. That that's off season talk when <laughs> we have nothing else to talk about. But uh, now we got the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. And the Ravens coming off a strong win against the Bucs. Saints coming off a weak loss to the Cardinals. Who are you picking for this game? I have the Baltimore Ravens coming out on top in this one. And I have the New Orleans Saints prevailing victorious. Very interesting pick there. Yes. Any insight into this one? So I think that um, the Saints are a lot better than people give them credit for. Their defense is stout. The Saints, the, uh, whatever, what are they playing? the Superdome. Sorry. Uh, really tough place to go into and in play. Those Saints fans are loud, they're obnoxious. I think they're they're gonna get to the, the Ravens play calling and the Ravens choke away leads as we've seen. So I do like the the Saints to win this game. I think the Saints, uh they probably should have beat Arizona if it wasn't for two really bad pick sixes in a row, they probably win that game too. Yeah, I mean only a minus one points differential at three and five. is interesting. They got That's a lot of weapons. notable stat. A lot of talent, good receiving core, you know, good run game. Andy Dalton's solid. And, yeah, I do like the Ravens, I think they're a good team, but they just have a tendency to choke games. I believe Andy Dalton will be out after this game. You think so? I do. He hasn't played terrible so far.
1: No, he's not, but I believe that they are going to switch back to James Winston after a loss to Baltimore.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they lose to Baltimore, probably. I think James Winston offers you more. Uh, explosive plays in the offense. Yes. But that's probably something this team needs. I do agree that would probably be the best option going forward. And now we got Scott's parlays for the week. So last week I uh, messed up my bad. I forgot to include it in the podcast, but he did do it, and he actually went 3-0 and picking what teams did he pick last week? The Ravens, Falcons, and Dolphins. So a three-game sweep in the parlay last week. And what do you got cooked up this week?
1: So this week, I have the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Las Vegas Raiders. All right. The Packers favored at minus 3.5, the Vikings favored at minus 3.5, and the Raiders favored at minus 1.5 are their spreads. But I, of course, will be picking on the money line for this. So outright wins for the Packers,
0: Vikings, and Raiders. Yes, I like that. I think I picked all those teams as well. Vikings on the road, Packers on the road, all teams on the road, but still getting the odds in this game. Um, Raiders. <laughs> I don't think anyone trusts the Raiders as much as we do, for uh, for no reason, no uh, reason found. That in reality, we, we're just <laughs> we can't let it go. I guess for the Raiders, this is the last week though for me personally. Like you can't beat the Jaguars. I'm sorry, I'm done. With the Raiders, you disgust me. Yes,
1: but I believe they'll get it done, and I think that we can win this parlay.
0: Yes, I do like those picks for this week, and it should be an interesting week. Uh, With all the trades happening, the the landscape has certainly shifted a little bit. I think the teams that are good are becoming a little bit more obvious now, so we should see some settling in and uh, preparing us for what is sure to be a wild finish to this already wild year. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This has been Mark My Words with Rob and Scott. And we encourage you to follow us on YouTube and Spotify. And you all have a great week. We are tune in.